This is Hope FM. For anyone uh, tuning in and listening, uh, maybe don't know what the uh, post of uh, Police and Crime uh, Commissioner um, is, because it hasn't been around for that long. Maybe you can just give us a background of um, how and why the post was created. The idea behind the Police and Crime Commissioner is to be voice of the people, to be that bridge between what the public want from their policing service and the police themselves. So by consultation with the public throughout the year, the Police and Crime Commissioner sets his or her Police and Crime Plan. Um, That's also based on talking to all the other sort of agencies that feed into that. So all the organisations that deal um, behind, not behind the scenes, but the police is being sharp end, and then all the other services uh, that provide help to the homeless and those with mental health issues and so on. By consultation with all those people, we set out the strategies for how we are going to reduce crime throughout the county. Once those strategies have been set, it's then down to the prison crime commissioner to set those goals to the chief constable, and it's the chief constable who delivers those policing priorities um, as he sees fits operationally. The, the other key role of the Police and Crime Commissioner is setting those budgets for the, the Chief Constable. And also, if he's not performing to those standards or the strategies, then it's up to the public to complain through the PCC to hold the Chief Constable to account. Okay, so um, we'll get on to those uh, strategies, those crime reduction strategies in a bit. But um, first off, on you, Mark, um, why, why are you uh, standing uh, for the role? So you're, you're already a councillor for BCP. What motivated you to stand um, for this election? Well, for pretty much all of my career, I've, I've spent in the military. I, I, I joined the military when I was 23, and I did 26 years service in the Royal Marines. And all the skills I learned in there, I worked my way up from being a Marine to a commissioned officer. And throughout that time, I had experience of being a soldier on the ground um, and worked my way up through the ranks to a point where I was then in a position to command some of those operations, set the budgets for departments and manage people. So when I was looking at the role, I looked at the skills I had and what could be transferred across into what is a a role that I saw to be reasonably similar to what I've been doing already. So it's understanding some of the concerns, the frustrations of being on the ground and possibly being under-resourced and having to make the best with what you've got. And then moving up, I had to deal with various streams of budgeting on a yearly basis. So it's making tough decisions on what is working, what isn't working, where we're going to share the money around. And it's also dealing with um, HR issues, so human resource issues um, of having to, in some cases, uh, in fact, let people go from their jobs for various reasons. Um, But I'm happy to say in both of those cases, we did the right thing because we managed to get the individuals that needed help. So looking at all those things, I had a a wide range of experience in various aspects, and I thought it transferred really well across to this role. You mentioned there some um, maybe some times when tough decisions you've you've had to make in your career there, and I guess there's uh, tough decisions that are being made in terms of uh, the structure of uh, local uh, policing, um, and we've seen many different changes and stuff like that coming in over the years. Um, one thing, of course, is all about um, reporting crime and people's ability to and confidence um, in reporting crime. We've seen the closure of many local uh, police stations in our area over the years. Do you, I mean, do you support the closure of police stations? 
Commons in that area, which is maybe restricted people's face-to-face access with the police. I know face-to-face is um, a sort of an alien concept to us right now in COVID times, but in non-COVID times, um, maybe it's not so much. The reason for those closures and things like that, it's not something that necessarily anybody particularly wanted, I don't imagine, at Mm. the time when they are making those decisions. It was decisions that were actually forced upon them from central government when all the funding was cut. So they they didn't they they were everybody was forced to make cuts during that era and it's something that's going to take a long time to recover from um perhaps i mean i don't know i wasn't there making those decisions but they they had to save the money somehow that they were told to do that yeah you're right the result net result of that is that the ease of reporting stuff walking into a police station and seeing a friend that that you're going for help for Mm. um, has disappeared um, and we need to be realistic to say that those days, under those conditions, it's not coming back anytime soon. However, we need to then start thinking a little bit more flexible, a little bit more sort of open thinking about it. Well, where else can people, if they've been asked to take, say, your license details in or some other sort of form of identification into a presentation, how can we do that in the modern era that we're now in under the present present conditions? So that. That could be having using community hubs for this sort of thing and making they're then connected into the police stuff for reporting crime in that way. So we're going to need to do a little bit of lateral thinking. I think just just to say we're going to open more real estate is unrealistic. There isn't the money for that. It's not going to happen. So we need to think clever about how we might do that. In recent years as well, uh, maybe a bit longer than that. They've been around for a tiny bit longer. I mean, maybe people's uh, view they're more likely to be seeing a, a community support officer, a, a PCSO. Um, what are your views on that community role uh, policing and, and, the, and the role of the PCSO? Because it maybe took uh, the while for uh, the public to um, really understand what the, um, what they do. Uh, do, you, do you think the public are fully understanding on, on their role now um, and you support the the role of the PCSO as being a quite a very a very visual arm of the police in the public. Yeah, first up, I, I do. We we need to rebuild the the boots on the ground approach. We need people to feel that there is a presence there that they can react to. You know, over the last ten years, we've lost that, and our, our, our police are so stretched that they're, they're they're driving around one up in a car, um, trying to trying to deal with with multiple incidents throughout the day. Uh, which is becoming increasingly difficult for them. So the original beat Bobby has had to be sucked out of that to respond to other things. So we need to start somewhere, and having PCSOs and on the ground, and also you know community wardens um, taking control, if you like, of their local areas um, is really important. I think for getting that presence back and making people feel safer on the streets. Um, and I'll be working with, with, with both council, councils to improve this situation. I know there's a lot of ward councillors doing a lot of work in this area, um, and I'll certainly be supporting them in increasing these numbers. So let's look at crime itself, um, then, in terms of um, what your priorities really going into this post, if you are so elected, what would be the priorities in terms of tackling uh, reducing crime when it comes to antisocial behaviour, drugs as well, um, the specific things about Dorset that um, may be different from other areas as well. What are those um, priorities for you? The first first priorities to look at, what, what do we need to do to get our police in a position where they can carry out these strategies? So the, the first deep, deep issue is funding of the police forces. 
So, so currently there's a strategy or f- formula that deals with traffic, rural crime, events, and so on. And each one of those gets a certain amount of money. Where we're falling down in Dorset, of course, is we, we hit all those parameters. We have 70 miles of roads. We have so much urban area. It all um, pr- produces a certain amount of money. But, of course, we have, you know, millions of people coming down here in the summer. And that, that funding then needs to be um, thought of as well because that's those areas is where we get stretched trying to police the extra millions of people that come down every summer. So funding issues need to look at. We've already touched on reporting. So we need to get the reporting bit right. And that's followed by investigation. A lot of people have, I've been talking to are fed up that they report a crime and it doesn't get investigated. So start with those priorities. Then we can come down to the strategies. Now, how once we get that sorted out, what's going to be our strategy for fighting it? So there's, if you look at crime from, from top to bottom or bottom to top, we, of course we need to keep tackling the serious crime from the top. We need to be using the National Crime Agency, which we'll be fully joined up with, policing, because crime doesn't respect borders or counties. So it's close cooperation with the, with the NCA, the National Crime Agency. But also we need to tackle it from the bottom as well. So we said in the introduction there that we need to start working with all the agencies that are helping people, helping the victims of crime. Um, I was speaking to somebody just the other day who was an offender, quite happy to go to prison, but got sentenced to community service. And they found that actually far more rewarding. And the lesson that they took away from that was that they wouldn't do that again because they realised the effects the effects of their crime had on other people. So restorative justice is important at the bottom end. Um, the, and then in the middle, you, you might have the fraudsters and, and those that have committing that sort of t- crime, just as horrendous, of course. But a lot of these people also need help. So the way that why, why did they feel it necessary to take money from other people? So, again, maybe a prison sentence isn't suitable for them. Actually, what they need is, is re-education and help and understanding their mindset and how, how it's not just affected the first victim of their crime, but also the second and third party victims of those crimes. And for those people that have been victims of crime, and I'm one of those, it doesn't, your, your sentence or your, your um, the, the crime doesn't stop with a conviction of the perpetrator. No. The, the effects on you as a victim uh, go on for years to come and it can have a serious effect on your life when you're dwelling on this stuff. Um, and, and so, it's support for all those victims um, throughout their, their time of trauma, if you like, until they've actually come to terms with it and moved on. What can the mu- community do to help reduce crime and well, really support their local police? Well, I'd like to think now that, you know, we always say there's, there's a silver lining, that, and, and out of COVID, which has been horrendous for, for all of us, maybe the silver lining here is that actually we, we now know our neighbours better. Mm. There's been a, a stronger sense of community built up through this and this is something that you know as councils as ward councillors as individuals as as community watch volunteers we need to build on and i'm I'm a strong believer in that i've I've myself done a lot of community speed watch uh and a lot of litter picking and that they sound like simple non-crimey things but if if people take back control and respect for the environment and where they live um, it goes hand in hand with what we were saying earlier on about the PCSOs and, and the, the wardens, the local wardens. Have respect for your area, help each other out, and we can start to rebuild our communities. And once we've got respect for that, uh, then 
those strengths grow and people have um, can then start helping each other and then hopefully things will start to get better and better as people take ownership of, of what they're doing and the area they live in. Fantastic. Um, Mark, we're running out of time, but just a, a final a final question, really. We've asked everyone else as well. Um, with the, the, the outgoing police and crime uh, commissioner was um, an independent, and we, we've been listing the candidates who are standing um, next Thursday with the party that they're standing uh, for, so yourself uh, with the Liberal Democrats. Um, but that might be sort of confusing for people because it's maybe people see this as a, well, a non-political role, surely. So, um, or is it? I mean, why should we politicise uh, this role? Why are people standing under the banners of um, their certain parties? What's your, what's your view on that? Yeah, my, my view on that is, is yeah, this, this shouldn't be party political. It, and, you know, this, this was born out of a, a conservative mindset. Um, it's not something that we all necessarily agree with. However, we are where we are. It is, of course, a political role because you have to deal with loads of agencies uh, across the country. But, yeah, the party politics should stay out of it. Now, probably everybody should be aware that whoever gets the job will sign to say that they will remain neutral. However, you've got to remember that, yeah, some some people um, will appear as being pushed by party from, from government or higher up. So the beauty of being a Liberal Democrat, and the reason why I'm a Liberal Democrat, is because I'm not tied to those decisions, I'm not tied to those policies. It's my values as an individual that happen to align with the Liberal Democrats, so I believe in what they're doing, I believe in their approach, and that sits very comfortably with me. But I am, as a Liberal Democrat, free to speak for myself and make my own mind up. So that's why I'm a Liberal Democrat. Um, but again, this is about voting in the person, and it's the person that will do the job, uh, and I do trust that everybody will keep their party politics out of it because I absolutely agree it shouldn't be down those lines. This is Hope FM.